Okay, we are at the bottom of Kuf Yud Ches Amid Beis. Kuf Yud Ches Amid Beis 118b. Let's see if we can finish. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, We talked about a person who wants to uh, sort of buy from the shepherd, and we're worried that maybe the shepherd is stealing them one way or another. Maybe he's not going to tell the person about it, not going to give the money over to the other person. So he said, if it's a domesticated animal and the other person is going to notice that they're missing their goat or whatever it is, so then you can buy from them because we know that the, the shepherd's not going to pull a fast one. But if it's a, a wild one, so maybe it could pull a fast one. When Rabbi Yehuda said this statement, that if it's a domesticated animal, so then you can, are we trying to say that it's referring to the Resha, the first part of the Brisa? Uh, and it's a Chumrah, Odilma Asefa Kayelukula. What does that mean? Because the, the Tanakhama said that you can buy four or five. It's, a, it's enough that we can see that you are, um, you're buying so many that the, the original owner is going to tell from the shepherd. So Gemara is now saying, well, maybe Rabbi Yehuda is saying on that, Hani Mili Baisos, the only time that four or five is good, uh, is acceptable, um, that is four or five uh, domesticated animals. Vamid Barrios, Afil Arba But if they're wild animals, even if, you would, even if you would buy more than four or five, it still wouldn't be noticeable or possibly not noticeable by the owner. Odilma, or maybe Rabbi Yehuda's statement, maybe his, uh, his statement that domesticated animals are more justified, it's going on the end. That you should not simply buy two sheep or two goats. Um, and that's when Rabbi Yehuda says, only if it's a, uh, a wild, they're two wild goats or two wild sheep. But if they're domesticated animals, so then even two would be enough to guarantee that the owner would figure it out and therefore the shepherd won't pull fast on. So which one is it? Morning, Leonard. Good day to come. Uh, it's, we have a Bryce that says, at the bottom of 118b, it's a Bryce that says that... Uh, that you can take domesticated ones, but not the wild ones. And we call makom, uvachom makom, and regardless of which one you take, lochem and arba v'chamish shetzon. Four or five always works. We arba v'chom makom shmamina asef akayilukula. The Rebbe Huda is coming to teach us that four and five is not a leniency. It is a it itself is the chumra. So you don't apply the domesticated animal justification to the four or five. You applied instead to the two sheep or two goats. Shema mina, Rabbi is coming to be lenient. Um, and similarly, you shouldn't buy from those who are guarding um, the guarding uh, fruit. Rabbi Zavin Shvishta Me'arisa. So Rav Zavin Shvishta Me'arisa. That Rav once bought, what is this, bundles of vines? From a sharecropper. Ranchers. Ranchers? Branches. Branches. Amr le Abaye, Vahatanan, Velo Mishomer Peros, Aitzim Peros. How could you buy from uh, from an Aris? So he said, Amr le Hanimili Bishomer. That's referring to someone who's guarding the, the, the branches. Delay Slay Begufa de Aramidi, because he has no personal ownership in that thing. Aval Aris, the Islay Gave. But the sharecropper, who at least has some level of ownership in the 
in the uh, in the field. So Ema midinafshi kumazabin. I can say that I'm taking from his chelik, and therefore it's a justifiable acquisition. You are allowed to buy. You are allowed to buy from a fruit watcher, which is what we've been talking about, assuming that they're sitting and selling, and the uh, and the baskets are in front of them, and the scales are in front of them, meaning it's clear and obvious that they're selling legitimately. They're not trying to fool anybody. Uh, the kulan shamru hatmein. And the time that we said that it's okay to do that is when the... No, it's saying this is but, but if, if they told the purchaser, hide your purchase. Oh, the kulan shamru, she finished the sentence. The kulan shamru hatmein aser. If you would say conceal what I just sold you, so that's a problem. But lochen mehan mi pesach hagina, you're allowed to buy from them mi pesach hagina from the entrance of the garden. I guess that's a, that's a typical way to do it. But not in the back alley, right? Don't buy in the back alley where people are like, why, why do I have to come over here to buy something? Clearly something sketchy. Yeah, he's hiding his watch. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right. You, you want an apple? Yeah. It's gazlan me'emas muter liknos himenu. A gazlan, when are you allowed to buy from him? Rav Amrachidi rov mishelo. Gazlan me'emas muter liknos himenu. When can you buy from a goslin? In other words, when can you just trust whatever you're buying is okay? Meaning we know this guy's a thief? Yeah. Okay. But Uh, you don't know that that item is stolen. Right, okay. So we're saying here it's got to be that most of his merchandise is actually his. Um, I I don't know. How do you figure that out? Right. I don't know. Even if it's only somewhat from him, it's justified. That Rabbi Yehuda then said to his helper, whose name was Ada, Okay. I guess he was saying that to his, to his helper. You know, uh, we passing like the other one. Like Shmuel. Like Shmuel, that even a little bit is a guy. So if I send you out to go get something, you can get from that guy over there. Mamon Masur, money which was... By an informant. Oh, a Moser. Uh, the money that was given over to an informant? Rav Hunav Rav Yehuda, Chad Amr Mutra Abdo Biyad. The Chad Amr Asra Abdo Biyad. What does that mean? It's permitted, according to the note, to physically harm a Moser. Abdo is a very strong word. Property. That's the halacha. Can have, you beat somebody up? That's what we're arguing about. You can beat him about. up, but not his property. That's the halacha according to the Shulchan Aruch. However, that's only after we have this dispute with... Right. With the, Mont- um, says, yeah, you can beat him up and destroy his property. La'abdomiyan means his property? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have that, but it works. That his property shouldn't be more machmir, more stringently treated than his body. And because we're allowed to hurt him physically, of course we're allowed to hurt his property. And according to the one who says that we are not allowed to hurt him, we're not really worried about him. We're worried maybe his kids will be uh, worthwhile. That says that... uh, an evil father 
can dress a righteous son or something like that. Okay. Rev Chis Interesting. I'm not sure how to apply that halachically. I would not encourage anyone to do so. Rev Chis Tahavale Hahu On their own, yeah. Havale Hahu Arisa. So Rav Chista, there was, a, he had a sharecropper who worked his fields and obviously he got some of the, the product, product back. And he was very careful that he would take and give. In other words, he, he would weigh out the appropriate amounts to give himself and to give Rav Chista. Okay, I would say the other way around. First, he would give out to Rav Chista, then he would take for himself. Okay, I don't know if it makes a difference, but Salke, Rav Chista fired him? Yeah. Kura Anavshei, and he said on himself the Pasuk, Vitzaf and Lotzade What? All right, let's just keep going. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it just means that he, he was worried that the sharecropper was stealing from him? Is that what he's saying? I don't know what he's saying. Okay. And he said about himself, uh, it is concealed to the righteous that the chel is sinning. Marisha suggests that uh, the Gemara means to say a sharecropper had two weights, a larger and a smaller. Okay. Meaning he worried about, he he was suspicious. Okay. I don't know why, but that's what it says. What does it mean that what, you know, what does it mean basically, what, um, what, what hope is there? Uh, because Hashem will, I don't know, remove his, his nefesh. So we're talking about the victim. Even if... Right, so one opinion says it's talking about the victim, the other one says it's talking about the... Uh, Meaning one of them is going to lose out. The question is the victim is always going to have lost out and therefore the Gazans is going to be held responsible or are we talking about the Gazans is going to get retribution. Okay, two different psukhmen teaches us whether we're talking about the victim or the perpetrator. Um, so what does he do, the other pasuk? My ba'alav, ba'alav da'ashta, the one that owns it right now, which is the gazlan, not the original owner. Which implies that it's referring to the gazlan. Sorry, it's referring to, yeah, he's going to directly take the life of the gazlan. Matam, kamar, matam. Because they took the other person's life. The Gazlan is the one that took the owner's life. Okay. I'm not really sure what the point of that was. I guess that's the point. That uh, there is a general sentiment that someone who steals from somebody else, even if it's only a Shavar Prutza, it's as if they're taking their Neshama. Which is basically the machlokas we just had without that background. And it also says when it comes to the kingdoms that will come to fight against the Jewish people, and the fact that they they, they ate your crop, um, it's as if they're eating your children. Omer. The Omer, may Hamas bin Yudah Shafu Dam Naki Biaratsam, Omer, 
Ve'omer, El Sha'ul v'el Beis Hadam Ma'al Hasher Hemi says, Ha'givonim. My Ve'omer, why does he need separate proofs to prove that theft is tantamount to murder? Maybe it's only for the person themselves, not their children. That's only when you don't give money for it. I guess that's a case where they paid for it. I don't know. Maybe if it's indirect, it doesn't count. Because he had killed the, the city of Kohanim, of, of Nov, that uh, they were the ones that were supplying to the Givonim, Maimumazon. That's how we know that it's as if he had killed the Givonim by indirectly taking away the food and drink that they were getting from, from Nov. Okay, interesting, Joshua. Avalochim Anashim. We're allowed to take uh, wool from women in Yehuda, and we're allowed to take flax from the people of the Galil. Tanarabban Lochim Anashim Kleitzemba Bitul Chepishma Galil, which is what we just said. Avalo Yeno Sushmanim Muslatos. But not. The wine, the oil, and the fine flour. I think that's what that is, right? Velomen avadim, and not from the servants. Velomen atetanogos, not from the kids. Abashol, Omer, Mocheres, Isha, Be'arba, Chamesh, Dina, Kadeel, Asos, Kipal, Rosha. That Abashol said, a woman is allowed to, I don't know what this means, four or five dinar, sell something for four or five dinars, I guess, of anything. Anything. Okay, in order to make a yarmulke for her head, some kind of covering for her head. Um... I guess that's basically saying that the woman is allowed to. The whole the whole reason of this is that she's selling her husband's wares, and maybe the husband doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't know about what she's selling. But four or five for the sake of her own benefit, that's fine. But of course, as we said before, if she ever says, "Hey, hide that thing that I'm selling to you," so that would not be okay. Gabaytstaka is allowed to take from women something small for tstaka. We don't have to worry that the money is ill-gotten or, or you know, concealed from her husband or something like that because small things, the husband gives the allowance, but not for big things, not for a lot. And those who are in the olive press, who sell oil, they're allowed to take general, um, you're allowed to take from the, the, from the women uh, the oil and the olives when they are sold out in the open. Um, I guess it's like normally. But not a small amount, which might be concealed. People are, I guess, I don't know why, but they're embarrassed to sell in front of their own homes. And the person is embarrassed I don't know why they would be embarrassed, but okay, because that's how they do it in the in, in the north. That's how people feel about it, and therefore, you're, they're allowed to give it to their, their to their wives to sell for them, and therefore, that's what we assume that they're doing. Ravina Women came when Ravina was uh, Ravina was collecting for charity. And he came to Bay Machosa and he came to and, and, and women were there. Ramukame Kavle Vishere. 
the women of Nebuchadnezzar came and they put in front of him what? Some Golden jewelry? chains and bracelets. And Kabil Minayu. He took it from them. So he could distribute them as charity. Oh, okay. So Amrle Rabatosva, that's a lot of money, which might be right, which said. might be a problem. They're giving, he's taking a lot of things from them that might be stolen from their husbands. Amrle or without their knowledge. Amrle Rabatosva, the Ravina, Vahatana, Gabit Sakram, Kabaman, Davramua, Balo, Davramurva. Amrle Hani lived named Bechosa, Davramua, Ninu. We knew this already from Erevin, I remember, that the Bene Bechosa was like the five towns of the, you know, Pardon the the analogy, but um, the people were wealthy in Bnei and therefore this jewelry wasn't so big. It was for other people; it might have been big. So it's all situational. That's what we're saying. Says Mishnah Mochin. What is this? Something of wool. Strands of wool. Strands of wool. Shakoves Motzi. That the launderer. The launderer. I guess when he's the, the strings come out of the baggage or something. Harelu Shalo. Those are for the launderer, I guess, because that's a typical thing, and it's only a little bit. Um, the lint in the washing machine. Right, that kind of thing, exactly. The, you don't have to return that. The Hasorik Motzi, was that Comer? The carter, the person who prepares wool for it. Right, it's like a, I don't know, you're like thinning it out or something? I don't know how the, I don't know what the process is. Harayel Shalbalabayas, those go to the original owner because they take out a lot when they do that. Hakoves Notel Shloshachutin. What is that? The launderer takes three strands that were inserted at the edge of the garment and the ashes. It's, it's some kind of preparatory to thing. An extra three threads of another material into the woolen garment, so the edges don't unravel. Right. This is from. this is one of those like twenty first century. Uh, um, privileges that we have. We don't have any idea what they're talking about here. Yeah. But there's some kind of mechanism that they used in order to keep the baguette intact until they finished it, where there were these three strands at the end. And the, the laundry is allowed to keep that. It doesn't really there's belong in the baguette. Here. I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah, Vahain Shalow. And they believe Yasser Mikain, however, more than three, Hara'elu Shalbalabayas. Those go back to the original order. Imhaya Shachar al Gabi Alavan, if it's black on top of white. I guess they really don't belong there. So no to us, I call the Hanshalo. It's almost as if like you just take those out. Um, the seamstress, tailor, um, the tailor that left at, left over some string, which could be used for sewing afterwards. The umatlas shehi shalosh al shalosh. Or was this a patch? An extra piece of cloth. Cloth of some kind, which is three by three. You don't have to give those back to the tailor. That which the flower? Carpenter. Carpenter brings out in the from the tree, I guess, extra pieces. It says removes with something called an abs or abs. It's a cutting tool. It has a thin arch blade. Yeah, okay. They still make them. That's like a, I guess that's like a, a little extra stuff. They belong to him. He like cuts them off. I guess I assume this just means like the scraps. He can keep the scraps. Uba kashil, but the bigger pieces. Shelbaal buys. Right, the little shavings he can keep. He doesn't have to gather them up and give them back. But the big chunks go back to the go back to the owner. But if he's doing them in the actual daytime by the actual, he's doing them for the for the owner. 
right? At his house. Even the small little strips are going to be the original owners. That's what Nisara means? I always thought I meant boards. Okay. You are allowed to buy these pieces of wool, the lint, as we said, um, from the launderer because he believes that they are rightfully his. The launderer is allowed to take the two, uh, those edge strings that we talked about before. I think we said three before, though. Um, and those belong to him. Here it says so two. Will note the apparent contradiction two and three. And the ruling that said three. three. And you should not take... I don't know what this means. shouldn't sew more than three stitches for each loop that he attaches to the garment's edge in preparation for stretching the garment. I guess this is referring to those extra strings that you're going to use. Velo yisro and you should not comb the, the the garments. What does that mean? Along the warp, but along its weft. Oh, right. Uh, so the warp and the weft, yeah. Vertically. El Arvo, rather to the... What's the other word? It says weft. Weft, yeah. I remember. Vertical. It's like it's basically a vertical and horizontal. I don't know the difference. Mashvehu Arco. This horizontal warp is vertical. Yeah, all right. I'll remember that for the test. Um, and you could, here means to cut. You can cut it down to size in terms of its length, but not its width. I don't know what that means. So if you came to even it out, you can do up to a tefach worth. Meaning, this is, these are the restrictions of a tailor when he's dealing with a garment. You know, how much can you cut off to make it look good? And how much uh, what, does it belong to you? And how much belongs to them? Okay, good, I guess, business practices here. Amar mar I don't know how you translate that to other professions, but okay. Amar mar shnechutin to Rebbe Hanan Tanan Shalosh, didn't we say three? When we're talking about thick, thick, um, strands, so those are you'd only do two, and the other one is three because they're smaller. Okay, that's how much the tailor can keep for himself. Um, when it says you do la arbo, so that's with a, a cloak, and when it says to do la shisyo, that's sarbala. I don't know what that means. An ordinary garment. Sarbala is ordinary? No, Sarbala is the distinguished one. Yeah, that's the one that's more... I don't know what it is. Kalima is a regular cloak, and this one's an honorable cloak. I'm not really sure. What the difference is, I don't know exactly why we're talking about stretching it or pulling it or going this way, that way. I don't know anything. But... You shouldn't put in more than three. And Rabbi Yermia is saying when he's doing it with the needle, whatever this is, so then... Just going in and out, in and is out. one or is two? Oh, in and out, is, is that one or two, okay? Because I guess you're doubling it over, maybe? Oh, Zilma, I'm tuye vatuye tre. Or maybe it's considered like two, so teku. All right. Uh, glima is, I guess, a long cloak, and hemyone is a, a short... 
something. I don't know. Okay, I'm sure if there were like pictures of this, maybe you could sort of figure out what they mean. Look, this is all just talking about what is justified, what's unjustified for a tailor to be doing to the garment. Um, don't take from the sorek the lint. The lint, right, because the lint, this is, this is in line with the mission. The mission that I think I'd said that the sorek, the comer, the one that's uh, sort right, of... because he's going to remove a lot. He he's going to move a lot. He doesn't get to keep it. In a place that they do say that he's allowed to, so then lochin you are allowed to buy them from the the comer. I was wondering what's going to use it for. That's a good idea. Use all the built up lint to sell a pillow. And if that is even in a place where they don't allow them to keep it, you're still allowed to buy a pillow. My timer. Why? Even if he had stolen it, it's now his because he's made it into another, another, you know, vessel, another item. Uh, so even if it's stolen, it still belongs to him. He might have to pay the other guy back, but it's not like you're 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 buying a stolen item. Tanarabanan, ein lokchin mi gardi. Don't buy from a weaver. Right. Don't buy pieces of wool. I don't know what this all means. One may purchase from a weaver neither woolen wads, earring, which are used to hold the bobbin in place on a shuttle. Okay. Kettles, nearin, nor threads of the bobbin. Nearin, I know because of Shabbos, right? Right. I'll stay nearin. That's actually a malacha. But Velopun Kalin. Uh, the threads of the bevin. Okay, pakios. Some of the things that are left over. Remnants of coils of thread that were left on the spool. Avalokhin mehen beged menumar. You're allowed to take from them a speckled garment. Speckled garment. Even though it seems like it's so hodgepodge, and maybe he stole the stuff. Yeah, he's like mixing different threads together to make the, the, the garment. Maybe you were worried, like, oh, maybe he's using this from extra stuff that he had laying around that really belongs to the original owner that it never returned. You don't have to worry about that. Maybe it's just a style. Erev v'shasi tavi v'ari. You're allowed to buy from them anything that's actually woven. Even if it's from these other scraps... That were left on. Okay. Once you buy again, once he weaves them, it's considered like he he acquired them through the through um, the change that he did to them. If we're going to allow the tavoy, surely we'll allow the arug. The tavoy is like I don't know, spinning them together. Arug is weaving them together. So that's a, even more, you know, uh, even more advanced change that's done done, done to the string. So my arug tike. No, when we said weave, what we really meant was TK. What's TK? Woolen chains that are woven from unspun wood. Oh, so he's even pre-spun weaving. Interesting. That can't. That that does not sound, you know, easy to do or advantageous, efficient. Uh, you should not buy from the dyer, not the. Pieces are used for tests. Testing pieces and not the 
samples. Samples. Okay. Well, and not the pieces, not the the disconnected pieces. Just torn off shreds of wool. Okay, again, leftovers. I guess those are supposed to go back to the original owner, but you are allowed to take from them a generally dyed garment. You don't have to worry that the whole garment was stolen. Tavoy ubegadim, and similarly, tavoy begadim. Tavoy begadim, that's how you say that? Not begadim, tavoy? Tuyim. Spun garments. Meaning, meaning even the the samples that were made into these garments is okay too. Hash tavoy shaka begadim I think that meant tavoy and begadim. Um, if it's spun, do we need to? If we we can take the the stuff that's spun, do we need to take? Do we need to mention that you can take whole garments? So my begadim namte. It's referring to felt garments which are made from unspun unspun wool. That actually allows me to help the word felt. That helps me understand what we're talking. It's like pressed. It's supposed to you know spun into threads. Any extra cut off um, leather hide goes back to the original owner. But the little pieces that come up in the water. What is this? Is this wool again? What comes up in the water? This is wool. Yeah, I guess maybe there's some wool connected to the hide. Like you can't, you can't, you know, they usually like, they scrape it. Mm-hmm. They scrape it off. And sometimes if the hair is still there, it'll, it'll, I guess, uh, disconnect and separate in the water. Hare um, Elishalo, because that's such a small amount that the Balabayas doesn't really care for. If it was a black string inside of a white garment, so then the launderer is allowed to remove it. Amre Vihuda Katsra Shmei. The Katsra Shakilei. Lander is called the cancer in Aramaic because he takes the short cancer shreds of wool for himself. Okay, he's called the cancer because he makes the baggage shorter to make it look good. And he's also called the cancer because he takes it for himself. He takes the little The extras, right. Okay. I don't know why we need to know that, but Amrav Yehuda HaKol Olin Luminan Tcheles. HaKol Olin Luminan Tcheles. All the threads, even those usually removed from a garment, are counted toward the minimum number of thumb lengths between the hole through which the sky blue wills inserted for ritual fringes in the thread of the garment. So when you're measuring from from here to here mm-hmm. for the hole, for the tzitzit... For the length of the tzitzis. For the location from the corner, the distance from the corner of the tzitzit, you can count all the threads, even those that will be removed. Oh, interesting. Okay, even if there's combo on the border that are going to be removed later, you can still count those. To make uh, the hole. The Yitzchak, right, for the sense of measuring for where the hole should go. The Yitzchak Bri Kapit Alayhu. But Yitzchak... My son. My son. particular about these threads and make sure the garment is a proper measurement even if the threads were to be removed. Okay, interesting statement. Do we pass in like Yitzchak Bri? I don't know why you wouldn't. Because yeah, it's, it's not going to be part of the... harder gr- to do that. I don't know. I just wonder if it's we're talking about what's the definition of the Beged and what's not. Uh, if the eventuality is that it's going to be gone. Rashba and Beis Yosef ruled that although Rabbi Yitzchak was stringent, 
because he was uncertain what the mm-hmm, rule would mm-hmm, be. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. the halacha accords with his father. Okay, so you can include it in measurement. Right, I don't know if it's relevant for the way that we make clothing today, but maybe it is. Hachai shashir asachutz. The, what was this, the tailor? The tailor that leaves over a little bit of string in order to help his process, they belong to the original owner. Bekamalitvor, how much is that that he would usually leave over? Amrev Asi Melo Machat, a needle's worth. Chutz Melo Machat, Chutz Lemachat? A needle's length and then a length beyond the needle. Okay, I mean, I'm thinking of like. In order to, I don't know if people have ever, like, whatever, darns, but it's a darn. You need enough space to turn it around and put it back into the garment. So maybe that's what it's talking about. Two lengths worth of the needle. What do we mean when we say a needle's worth and then a little bit? Do we mean uh, a whole needle's worth afterwards? Or just a little bit? You can turn it around. If the owner cares about them, so they go to the owner. If the owner doesn't care, so then the tailor can keep it. But in the example, it says, less than that is what, less than that is what he can use to, then is what is usable for, for sewing. So, if you're going to tell me it's another needle's worth after the needle's worth, so, of course you can still use that to uh, to, to, to sell. So then, less than that. What is it, what are you going to use it for? Okay, I guess that we're saying the pachos is basically saying less than is comfortable to you to 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 uh, to sew with, but it's nonetheless possible to do so, and that's why we're saying it can't be less than. A malomachat vechutzlamachat kolomachat, a needle and then another needle's worth. Okay, shmamina, masha, and all uh, until then the dealer can keep anything more than that has to go back to the original owner. Masha harash, we had said this at the carpenter shavings or a minhi. Masha harash motzi b'matzad v'hanifsak magera harei elishal balabayis. It says over there the scraps, even the smaller parts, with the, the stuff that's shaven off with the other, you know, finer implement. So those go to the balabayas, not to the not to the carpenter. And what is this? The the, the shavings that come out from the from under a drill or a drill. Or plain or the small strips that come out. The sawdust that is scraped by the sawdust. Right, you said sawdust again. I'm thinking still. Okay. Those belong to the carpenter. They're so small. So nonetheless, it says over there, Where the Mishnah was written, there are two types of blades. blades. To the big one, they call it a kashil. It takes off big chunks. And the smaller one, they call it Ma'atzad. Ba'asadatan of Barad, however, and the, uh, the, the, the author of this b'risa says, Chad hu, it's ikavakarile Ma'atzad. They only call it one 
thing, which is matzad, and therefore even the bigger ones sometimes are called matzad, so they have to be machmer about that. And they have, uh, they say that even then the bigger ones, which cause bigger chunks, go to the original owner. Yeah. Okay, it's just a, just a linguistic issue. Mir Tashem, we will finish the last part tonight at Pshischa and the Parsha. Everyone's welcome to come. If you can't, try to say the end of the Bryce. Send the, send the end of the Gemara yourself. Baba Kama is not an easy Masechta, and we got thrilled. We had some bumps in the road, but we really got thrilled. We said every word, even if we didn't understand every Sagya fully. Shkaya.